Welcome to ING's Think Aloud, where we try to make sense of the world in the most unbanky way we can. In today's episode... You can think of this meeting that we had as the talking about talking about meeting, if, if you like. And I now suggest that we retire that term, which has served its purpose well, I think. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell says the bank is moving closer to a discussion on reducing its asset purchases. At its monetary policy meeting on Wednesday, the Fed raised its forecast for growth and inflation and brought forward its projection for an increase in interest rates. A majority of officials now predict two hikes in 2023, with more than a third calling for a hike as soon as next year. Bond yields jumped on the news, with the two-year Treasury climbing to the highest level in about a year. But what's next for the market? I'm Rebecca Byrne, and today I'm joined by Porrick Garvey, ING's Regional Head of Research in the Americas, to find out. So, Porrick, the Fed meeting was more hawkish than expected, and we can see that in the rise in yields. Were you surprised by the announcement? And what do you make of the bond market's response to it? Yeah, they were more hawkish. And, you know, in hindsight, it shouldn't be a surprise because I, I think we all see what the Fed saw. We have inflation here running at 5%. We've got growth running at 7%. It's been a real boom of a reopening here in the US. And I guess the thing about the Fed is that they can't react every day to every piece of information. So they get their opportunity at the FOMC. And yeah, they they came out hawkish. It was by definition a surprise because the the bond market did react, yields did rise. Uh, funnily enough, I mean, we warned about three factors ahead of the meeting. We said, look, they could uh, change the language, they could technically hike, or they could shuffle a few of the dots shorter, which would imply that they were going to hike sooner. So we actually got all three, which was um, a bit of a surprise. But like I say, in hindsight, not a big surprise because this economy is, is really roaring right now. The bond market has been fairly calm about the big rise in inflation since March, really. How do investors feel about it now, given that the Fed raised its forecast for inflation, but also brought forward its timeline for possible rate hikes? Yeah, that's a that's a key question, because I was looking at the dynamics once the Fed did what they did yesterday, and it was really interesting that rates rose, but inflation expectations fell. And that tells you that real rates rose, which is getting a bit technical. But the point here is that what the bond market is identifying is that there has been an improvement in the outlook for the real economy. But the bond market is also acknowledging that the Fed is saying, look, we have your back here. We see inflation. And if it does begin to to become a problem, we're ready to hike. But what I would say um, as well is that in the big scheme of things, even though we had a rise in market rates, it's not a massive rise. We're still sitting here with the 10-year, to give you a number, at about 1.5%. Okay, it's up at 1.55 now, but there are thereabouts. But look, inflation's up at between 3 and 5%. It's a big negative real rates environment. So we're still left with this conundrum where supposedly there is inflation, and the Fed has now acknowledged that, but the bond market is not that bothered as uh, you know they're reacting but it's it, they're not falling over themselves with concern well if you're looking for a, a safe haven to park your cash right now it doesn't seem like there are 
many good options outside of treasuries. Maybe that's, you know, one of the reasons that that yields are sort of capped because there's just no alternative. If you look at yields in Europe, for example, they're negative. Even Greece's five year uh, just turned negative. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is that the, the treasury market is a market for global investors. And if you're sitting in Tokyo where inflation is running negative, you don't really care where U.S. inflation is. All you care about is what the yields you're getting on a AAA rated security is. And if you look across the treasuries and you can get a yield of 1.5 percent, that's really attractive. It's the same if you're sitting in Frankfurt. So I, the, the, the narrative here really is that there is a global investor base that has been piling into treasuries over the past number of months. And it's one of the reasons that treasuries, treasury yields haven't really risen uh, to where they probably should rise to given where domestic US inflation is. So is, is it possible to get any signals from the bond market about the real economy or is it just so artificially driven by the liquidity from overseas and also by the Fed buying that we really can't read too much into what the market is doing? Well, I think we've always got to, to respect market valuations. It is absolutely true that there is a demand excess out there in terms of demand for US rates. But there are still signals coming from the marketplace. So one of the things that I think is really interesting to look at is the size of the negative real yield. In one sense, it reflects a demand for inflation-linked bonds because they, by definition, push real yields down. But in another sense, if you just stand back and take a look at the 10-year real yield, I mean, let's suppose you came down from Mars and you looked at it, you would say, that is telling me something really negative about the future. It's not natural for the 10-year real yield to be down there. So that worries me because what we think will happen is we do think the macro fundamentals, which are really bullish, will dominate and ultimately will push up rates. But in the back of my mind, I am looking at that negative real yield and it concerns me because what it's telling us is that it's obvious 2021 is going to be a good year. We feel pretty good about 2022. But as you go to 2023, 2024, things become a little bit less unclear. And the bond market is marking our card and telling us, look, uh, we actually are not quite sure where we're going to be out there. Mm. James Knightley, our, our chief international economist, says he expects a more formal announcement on the need to taper at the Jackson Hole meeting in August. When do you think that tapering is actually going to start? And how do you think the market will react when it does? So if James is right, and he, he usually is, what would typically happen? Well, I say typical, as this has happened once in recent times, is that the announcement is made which gives the marketplace a bit of time to, to get their heads around us. Having said that, the last time this happened in 2013, we had the so-called taper tantrum, where the marketplace really got upset by the fact that the Fed was going to taper its bond purchases. And when they actually did engage in tapering, which, by the way, is just reducing the amount they buy per month, the bond market was okay with it. So. Fast forward to, to now, if the Jackson Hole is the announcement, the tapering is probably a 2022 event, 
earliest end 2021. And if there's going to be a repeat of the tantrum, you would imagine it would be between you know Jackson Hole in August through to the end of this year to be seen because I'm, I'm not convinced that we're necessarily going to get a tantrum. I think, I think the marketplace is primed for a repeat of the tantrum. We may not get a tantrum. We may get something different. We may just get a realization in the bond market that the Fed believes that we have achieved escape velocity and that the outlook is really positive and therefore needs to be a ratchet higher in bond yields and in expectations about the future, positive expectations about the future and taking away that negative real yield. Well, the Fed has been criticised in the past for waiting too long to raise interest rates and then raising them too much. Are you concerned about a policy mistake by the Fed which could trigger a tantrum maybe further down the line? Yeah, that's that's a key question because one of the things that's just been really clear is that this Fed is a different Fed. We've been through a couple of tough years, which has included a lot of navel-gazing about the, the inconsistencies and the, and the treatment of the more vulnerable parts of society. There's been a real focal point on the black and brown communities and ensuring that they share in the recovery that we're currently seeing in the US. And this is one of the reasons that the Fed is willing to allow the economy to run hot because it wants to ensure that the most vulnerable parts of society recover. And we've learned collectively from the great financial crisis and the inability really of the economy to really recover. So the Federal Reserve, together with the US Treasury, in fact, through stimulus checks and and spending to help support the economy, are really full on to secure a recovery rise across the economy. And that that does run the risk that things could run a bit too hot. But the feeling is that that's the right thing to do. Does it pose risks ahead? It does. Absolutely. It does pose risks ahead. Because what could happen is that the Fed may have to hike by more than they'd like to down the line because the, the economy is recalibrated to a very low rates environment. And that could push the economy into recession, which is precisely what the Fed doesn't want to see happen. So it's um, it's a tight line that they're walking here. Yeah. All right. Parikh Garvey, ING's Regional Head of Research in the Americas. Thanks very much. Thanks, Rebecca. This podcast has been prepared by ING solely for information purposes, irrespective of a particular user's means financial situation or investment objective. The information does not constitute investment recommendation, nor is it investment, legal or tax advice or an offer of solicitation to purchase or sell any financial instrument. Read more at think.ing.com slash content disclaimer.